When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Tuesday edition of the show, our second episode of the week, but the first of the three mandatory minicamp practices for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, Scott Reynolds. And Scott, you and I have something in common with Devin White, the star inside linebacker for the Bucs, because just like Devin White, you and I were all watching Bucks practice together. Were we, we showed not? up, but we didn't participate. Exactly. So uh, a lot more in common with Devin than uh, most people would think. <laughs> That's one way to say it, Matt. Uh, yeah. Um, is Devin White a hold in? Well, he showed up. He's not a hold out anymore. But I, I'm just, I don't know if I if I believe Todd Bowles when he said, nah, Devin's not a hold in. We're, we're just making sure he's physically ready to go. I don't know about you, Matt, but I mean, Devin White is, he's 26 years old. He's in peak physical condition, and he showed up today. I mean, does that look like a guy who's who's not ready to go, who's not physically in shape? We've seen it, an overweight Leonard Fournette show up. We've seen an overweight Vita Vea show up, both of which not this year, talking about last year. And yet they still participated in, in OTAs uh, and, and in the minicamp. And Levante David, who has not been – around at least for the media to see that Todd Bowles did say, well, he's been here a couple days during the off season. Well, he was a full go at age 33. He's out there participating in every single drill today, doing individuals, doing teams, starting in his usual weak side linebacker spot. So I'm not sure that I'm buying the fact that, well, we just want to make sure that Devin's, you know, physically able to go and, and do the, the testing and all of that stuff. I, I don't know. It seems to me this is, once again, Todd Bowles covering for Devin White. I could be wrong. Maybe you have to take Coach at face value here, but it just kind of it, it kind of smells to me. Right. And to preface it for everybody, uh, the Peter people that are watching the show, and we appreciate all of you, uh, so we get to practice and, you know, it starts out everyone's uh, stretching, going through the motions, you know, music's playing. And Devin wasn't out there yet. But granted, right. neither was like Mike Evans or even Chris Godwin, who's been at every single OTA. And yeah. Of course, everyone wants to know, is Devin going to be there? Is he going to show up? Where's Devin? He's not there. And then stretching ends, special teams is going on. So I'd say about 20 to 25 minutes after we were outside watching practice, Devin comes out with Levante David, who Levante was practicing or right. was like stretching, went back inside and came back out. So that was like the first obstacle is, okay, physically he is present. 
we see him, he is around. And then not long after that, and you kind of saw this with a couple other players, Russell Gage included, they're standing in the middle uh, where there's a lot of like, you know, uh, water jugs, things like that, kind of in between the fields. And Levante's putting his helmet on. Devin's just standing there chatting yeah. with him. And the most athletic anything we saw from Devin White was just jogging over from the left field to the middle field to go with the other inside linebackers as they participated in all their drills. And Devin was just there. So, Scott, you had a great article after after practice today questioning whether or not we should take Todd Bowles at face value, a lot of things that you were just talking about. And it just doesn't really add up. Now, this isn't the first hold in yeah. in the history of the NFL. They've actually become a lot more common lately and yeah. kind of makes sense. You know, you don't want to get fined. I understand sure. that. It's no smart. one really wants it's to the, lose money. It's the workaround. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's... <laughs> Yes, I, I'm here. It's mandatory. Right. I showed up. Doesn't mean I have to practice. You told right? me I'd be here. I'd be. I was almost waiting for Todd to be like, "Yeah, he's got a hamstring issue. Like it's minor. He'll yeah, he'll work on it." But it just, yeah, it, it doesn't really add up. The fact that Levante wasn't there, but then he was able to practice. You mentioned some of the other guys that were overweight before. And I think what's getting and, and, and just to be clear, I don't think Devin White's overweight. I'm just saying that right that the, the, there have been other Buccaneers that have shown up out of shape and they've still participated in OTAs and the mandatory minicamp. Yeah, because some people they kind of play into shape in the in the, right. That's what they use the mandatory. Yeah. For. And shout out to Buck Spaceman for this five dollar super chat. They say Devin White is going to be a cancer and Bowles will do nothing. A joke of a head coach. Harsh words there. White better not have the C this season. So that's what it kind of falls yeah. into is in the past, Todd Bowles has been very, very protective of Devin White. He's called him. He's like a son to me, uh, things of that nature. And it's kind of mutual uh, both ways for Todd and, you know, Devin looking at him yeah. as, as a father figure outside of his own father that unfortunately passed away last season and I, I think you said it brilliantly scott in your article which you you just put in the chat so everyone can can check it out i think the best example is that game after the when they lost to the ravens on thursday night football when warren Sapp put him on blast and obviously yeah. when when warren says something it it holds a lot of weight because he is a hall of famer he is a bucks ring of honor member and yeah and peter report we stuck our neck out there too josh capo did. did a video analysis yeah. of devin white's slofing and, and not being able to get off blocks i called him out on our website on pewterreport.com and got us blocked by devin on twitter you know i don't yeah. think it personally i mean i don't care if players follow peter report or not but we're just doing our job but yeah, yeah exactly I, I, we call it we call it like we see it and the fact that devin was there but wasn't doing anything the only the only part of it all that i think is a little bit okay is what todd Bowles is saying where he's like yeah mentally he's all right it's just it's the business side of it because Devin yeah. was chatting with todd Bowles, and if there was true ice cold hatred yeah. between one another between both sides right Devin could be there and just pout and you know cross his arms shrug yeah. his shoulders the whole time but no i mean he was he was chatting with Larry Foote. He was chatting yeah. with Todd Bowles. So, but he wasn't it, chatting with Jason Light or Mike Greenberg. No, he was not. <laughs> not that we saw sides of the field. Yeah, yeah. And so, 
it definitely feels like a hold in, regardless yeah. of what Todd Bowles says. And you know, Todd I, Bowles I, I has lied Todd, about things before too. He's not a great liar. All Sometimes coaches, coaches do. All yeah, coaches, all do. coaches even lie. Tony Dungy did. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Coaches, to a degree, you have to lie, whether it's you know with defending your players or yeah. or not letting things out. Todd has never been, you know, a a great liar. I think another example is. The well, the, uh, the the Cleveland game when he's that's talking, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, when he when he's talking, we, well, you know, we didn't want Tom Brady to throw an interception. Right. Yeah, um, and then like why he didn't call the timeouts? <laughs> like if he would have just been like, you know what? Yeah, I, I made a up. mistake. I wish I, wish I had yeah. that one back. Yep. it, it would have been lesson a lot learned. Than just than just digging yeah. a deeper and deeper hole, which I know he did in that situation, and that's a little bit why I mean, Bucks fans. If you polled everyone, I would say it's probably 80-20, you know, in negative favor of Todd Bowles than, yeah. than truly supporting him. And and things like this, you know, sure, I, I don't I didn't expect him to go up there and be like, Yeah, you know, Devin's being a real hassle right now. And he's uh, <laughs> avoiding a loophole right now by showing up but but not practicing. He said that, oh yeah, he's gonna do all this tests and everything inside. I don't really buy that either. Yeah. But Devin was there. He's not really participating. We're probably not going Here's to the hear thing. from him. Devin White shows up Sunday for the the team photo session and video sessions in uniform, doing the hype videos, all that stuff, right? Practice starts on Tuesday. If Devin really wanted to participate and the Bucks wanted to have him participate, the any testing could have been done on Monday, right? You want to take you want me to do a physical, you want me to to run some wind sprints and, and check my cardio, you want me to lift some weights. I can do that on Monday so I can hit the field on Tuesday. This this was Devin White was not going to, to participate in the mandatory minicap. And even Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles could have said, yeah, we're going to keep him out today and we'll see how he fares on Wednesday or Thursday. He said he's not practicing this week. We'll have him ready for training camp. I think all this is, Matt, is this is it, instead of having the negative media narrative or the, the conversation about Devin White, is he going to hold out a training camp? Instead of having that narrative for six weeks during this break, which it's still going to be there because you didn't fool anybody today. Yeah. <laughs> but but instead of having that there, I think Bulls tried to kind of extinguish it a little bit, put out the fire and say, ah, he's, he's going to be ready for training camp. Uh, and, and then I think, and I don't think this is nefarious. I don't think this is Bulls doing anything sinister or dastardly. I, I, I think that I Todd Bulls and Jason Light are hoping – that over the next six weeks, as it gets closer to football season, that Devin White continues to cool off a little bit, right? And that he realizes he's kind of stuck in this situation. He's got to make the best of it. He should follow Bruce Arians' advice. He should follow my advice, everybody's advice, and just play this year, right? You you got a nice, what, $4 million pay raise yeah. from what you were making last year to the fifth-year option. Right, people are getting paid $11 million this year. Yeah, almost 12. Yeah, almost 12. So it's not exactly like he's getting the, like, you know, the the veteran's minimum for, you know, someone that's signing. So I appreciate this comment by Colt of Cansey. Devin can't complain about Peter Report, as you rightfully said. He played very well two weeks later in Germany. He did. Call it as you see it. I, I want to address this comment real quick from Matthew Sams. He says, it's not like he needs to learn the defense and there is a degree of truth with that he's been right. in this defense for quite a while and i appreciate the comment matthew and thank you for watching but he hasn't you know, mastered it that's he for hasn't sure. mastered it and the only thing i would say is well neither does levante david right <laughs> and, and levante well and levante is there at practice but that's kind of the other thing i want to talk about because 
that Levante David has every right to be pissed off at Devin White. Sure. For, you know, in his own situation. Hey, man, I resigned with this team. I thought we were going to go after this together yeah. again. We keep our defense intact after Jamel Dean resigned as well. I'm making about a third of what you're making this year. Hey, yeah, I took a pay cut to, to come back. And I'm the better maybe, linebacker. Maybe, yeah, maybe the market didn't work out the way I wanted to. He could have every right to be pissed off at Devin White for what's yeah. going on. But they were laughing. They were smiling. They walked out together. They seemed like two peas in a pod, just like they have been their whole career together or since Devin got drafted to the Bucs and, and Levante David, uh, you know, took him under his wing. So I just wanted to give a little shout out to Levante for yeah, obviously for being sure. so cool about it. And I think that's a, a bigger picture look at it because – that's been a question we've been asked either on radio. We've talked about it on the show. It's like, will right. it be a distraction to the other players on this roster? And I think, again, Levante, a leader on this team, yeah. the answer is unequivocally, no, it's not going to be uh, a huge issue for the players specifically on the roster. It's a big thing for fans to talk about. It's a big thing for the media to talk about. Right. But I don't think Devin's contract dispute, and maybe it's because Devin doesn't really have any leverage, Right. It's not going to affect the box from putting the best defense out there and uh, yeah, you know the offense not. getting into swing, especially for the defense when surprise Dennis is looking pretty, oh, yeah. pretty good. We're, for we're right on cue, right comes up with a pick six today off Kyle Trask, right when Devin White is front and center. We're watching. Yeah. We're, we're literally, what, two, three minutes into 11 on 11. Yes. The start of practice. I love how Todd Bowles is just diving in. It's like, we're going to do about 20 minutes of individuals, and we're going to go right into 11 on 11, yeah. right? And and they've been getting after it, and we'll have more on that in a little bit. But but yeah, Matt, it's like we've been talking about Servassier Dennis, and it's not just our observations. Um, we have our sources at various levels of the organization, and we kind of run our thoughts by and see if we're seeing the same thing. And keep in mind, we only see Tuesday's practices, and the Bucks have been practicing Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for several weeks now. Yes. So we only we only get a snippet, and they get the full picture watching. It on film too after practice after watching it live, which we don't have the the advantage of. And uh, you know we're we're seeing it exactly like we're seeing it. Matt Servasi Dennis has been an absolute star, probably the best and most consistent rookie out there this year. Not just draft pick, but rookie. And you know, he shows up again today, right? Just like the minutes into his first eleven on eleven at rookie minicamp, yeah, gets a pick six. It was almost a carbon copy instead of it being on the right side of the field to on the left side of the field. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the right, like it was a right side throw when he picked yeah. it off in uh, in rookie minicamp. It was yep. a left side throw when, right. he, when he picked it off today. So, yeah, really nice to see from Servasier Dennis. I think sooner rather than later, and this won't be decided until training camp. Yeah. Todd Bowles isn't going to overreact to great play. Don't get me wrong, but he's not right. going to overreact to a minicamp play. Sure. And, 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 and I was going to say, let's be fair. KJ Britt was the starter today, not yes. Servasier Dennis in Devin White's play. Yeah, I, absolutely. KJ Britt, he's still inside linebacker three, but I was about to say, KJ Britt better be looking over his shoulder because I can see Servasier Dennis later on in training camp, maybe early in the season. Yeah. He starts to become that inside linebacker three because, you know, Servasier, <laughs> there's I, I a lot of gonna things ha- we like about him, the speed, yeah. the fluidity. I think it's going to happen fluid. soon. I mean, KJ Britt butters his bread on special teams, and I think that's really all he is. I think he's a special teams linebacker, and I think that's going to quickly make him LB4 on this team. And Servasier Dennis is going to be LB3 uh, because he makes splash plays on defense. I mean, he's he yeah. shows up. He's – 
uh, you know, KJ Britt gave up a touchdown today uh, in, in pass coverage. So that's not his forte. Uh, Servasia Dennis was a blitzer at Pittsburgh, seven sacks last year, 15 in his career. But all we've seen the dude do is just break up passes and pick them off. So uh, we, while we're on the linebacker topic here, Charlie Abrams says, this dude is just annoying, man, talking about Devin White. Get him off the team. Didn't learn anything from Tom Brady while he was here. You know, you mentioned – you mentioned Levante David in terms of, of being a pro, showing up, keeping your mouth shut, doing your job. You know, the contract, it is what it is. Uh, Levante agreed to take a huge pay cut to come back and, you know, probably isn't happy about it, but that's a decision he was, was uh, you know, a party to. And he's a professional. He's showing up and, and playing, and, you know, that's behind him. Mike Evans um, gives away money, more money than we know of. We know yeah. that he's a very charitable guy. He's going to get paid $20 million, maybe even a little bit less. I think this team is going to probably do Mike a solid and say, we're going to give you the Chris Godwin deal. And if Mike really, really had his, you know, his, uh, his greed about him, which he doesn't, he would say, I'm the 1A receiver here, and Chris Godwin's the 1B, and I deserve to make more than Chris. And if he ends up making more than Chris, it might be $20 million and like 50 cents. Like yeah. <laughs> Mike doesn't really care about money. Tom Brady didn't really care about money. These are Hall of Fame players we're talking about here that put the team's interests before their own. They're both multimillionaires, but they're multimillionaires because they're great players that look out for their team, that don't want the bigger slice of the pie because that means they're going to have one or two less star players around them to help the team win. See, you you win and you elevate your profile in this league. And I think Mike Evans learned this early on. Remember, his first season, the Bucs went 2-14. and 14. Yeah. Okay? He was a first-round pick, seventh overall. But, you know, it was hard for him to make the Pro Bowl when the Bucs aren't on prime time. And so – He's learned over the years to not be greedy because when the, when the whole team wins, you win as a player. If you're one of the better players, you're going to make more Pro Bowls because your team is on national TV and you're getting that recognition. And I don't think Devin White gets that. I just don't. And it's a shame because he was around Tom Brady for a couple of years. He's been around Mike Evans since 2019, and I don't think this guy gets it. I think he's greedy. I think it's who he is. I do think there's a lot of validity to what you're saying, Scott, especially if you win, everything is better around you. And I think Devin has benefited from that to a degree, especially no when they won the Super Bowl in 2020. I mean, if you look at the Bucks roster and the team, you know, Mike Evans is up there. I'm just talking about sheer like marketability. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike is one of those guys, Chris Godwin, Baker's been in a billion commercials, but I think Devin yeah. White is definitely in the top five of like, Maybe not household names to people outside of Tampa, right. but like people, the Bucks. Oh, Devin White. Yeah, I know yeah. him. I've heard of him. The yeah. only, the only part I would, at least, I, I would say, add to it is I, I do agree that there's certain like loyalties that are respected, like everything that Mike Evans does. Yeah. I do also look at the business side of it, and you know, if Devin played poorly and they just cut him, no one in Tampa would bat an eye. Like Devin does right. have to look out. For himself, James Winston, James yeah. Winston, you know, prime with, example. Exactly. With that said, what I what I do come back to as well is I understand Devin or really any player who wants to get paid what they're worth, and this kind of goes back to Mike giving yeah. money 
you know, back. He's not playing running back, man. He's a linebacker. Right. And like Mike getting paid paid $20 million, that's a lot of money to anybody. I don't care. Like, unless you're, you know, Warren Buffett or whatever, like that's a lot of money to everyone. But even if you got paid 11 million, that's still a ton of money. I'm just talking about quality of life in general. I'm not talking about in the NFL. So I understand Devin's unhappy. But eleven million dollars is still a yes. like a lot of money. Like it he is. could retire. I think right. it's he's Devin the twelfth or third highest paid linebacker. Yeah. Like Devin could play this season, retire, and yeah. still live a great life because no he doubt. just made eleven million dollars this season. I do understand, like because football is so difficult, yeah. you got to look at longevity as well and make as much right. money as you okay, can. Okay, but so here's the thing: a lot of different variables. If, if Devin White is playing, you know, great, and let's say he decided to play in his fifth year option. Okay, let's say he he did that. Um, and I know Quan Alexander uh, did not get re-signed after he tore his ACL. Yeah, Devin's better than Quan Alexander. He was sure. drafted yeah. higher. He's, he's just he's a better player, splashier player, more accomplished. All those things. And and Todd Bowles holds Devin White in high regards. What happened, Matt, after Chris Godwin tore his ACL in December before his contract year? This team rewarded him with a twenty yeah. million dollar contract. Over three years, three years, $60 million. Why? Because Godwin's a team player because they believe he's going to rehab diligently and get back to eventually where he was, which was a thousand yard Pro Bowl caliber receiver. And if Devin had just said, I'm going to play this fifth year option, and let's say Devin tears his ACL, I honestly believe it may not be for $20 million because let's face it, Chris Godwin is not the top of the market, right? At wide receiver. That was a yeah. high deal when it came out for like three or four days, and <laughs> then he got leapfrogged <laughs> several times. So Godwin's, I think, maybe is still in the top 10, but closer to 10 than one now. But I have no doubt that Ty Bowles, Jason Light, they they would have re-signed Devin even if he tears his ACL. So I, I, I get the argument a little bit, well, these players, there's no guaranteed contracts if you get it hurt and stuff. Uh, this team has shown that they'll stand by their really, really good players and Chris Godwin's a prime example. Um, one last thing on Devin. Charlie Abrams says, well, Mike Evans' mentor was Vincent Jackson, another selfless person. You know, uh, not trying to be punny here, but I will. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I know Devin, Devin is, uh, you know, he's he's a horse guy, and they get that. Uh, Vincent Jackson was a great mentor to Mike Evans. Uh, why? Because Mike Evans paid attention. Mike Evans watched Vincent Jackson. And Levante David has been the best example of a team captain, team leader, selfless player, pros pro, lining up right next to Devin White. I just don't know how much Devin White's been paying attention. Certainly not to the degree that Mike Evans paid to Vincent Jackson. And this goes back to, I remember talking about it with you, Scott, after the Super Bowl season going to 2021, Devin got his own show on the Bucks website. It was like, right. get live with Devin White or whatever. Yep. And, you know, maybe that started to get things into his head. But to really bring it full circle, Todd Bowles loves Devin White. So Devin has to know that in these negotiations, everything yeah. you were saying about where hypothetically, if Devin tore his ACL, the Bucks would still reward him if he had the right attitude. <laughs> That's a great thing. Right. If you, if, if Jason Light went to Todd Bowles and said, do we want... Devin White back. Can do we need to have Devin White back for this defense next season, getting him a new contract? Todd Bowles would say, Yes, Devin's right. my guy. 
Let's bring him back. Let's run it with this defense. Let's go yep. forward with this defense with Devin White leading it. Devin has to know that that is a huge bargaining chip yeah. for him, for him to help. There's no doubt with those uh, with those negotiations. But you know, that's ultimately it's up to Devin um, what he wants to do, yeah. and uh, he doesn't have a lot of choices. So Devin White is the blind spot of Todd Bowles, just like Byron Leftwich was the blind spot to Bruce Arians. That's probably the best way I can put it. Uh, everybody else sees the faults in the warts, uh, except for that guy. So we'll see. Uh, Colt of Cansey, will you guys get to speak to Devin this week? Probably not. I, I would I highly doubt it. I don't think we'll so. We'll probably uh, talk to the to Levante. I would yeah. imagine we'll get Levante either tomorrow yeah. or Thursday. Colt of Cansey, uh, how do the Bucks decide what players are available to be the media camp? Will Devin be made available? Uh, we, we put in requests and... It's ultimately up to the players to decide if they want to speak or not. Um, you know, usually the team captain certainly will, the quarterback certainly will. They, you know, they have that obligation, that duty. Uh, every once in a while, you have a player like we we asked to speak to Chase Edmonds a couple weeks ago. He turned the media down. So um, some players just don't want to talk to the media. Yeah, um, they, they they have to an open locker room once once you're into the season, but during training camp and mini camp, I don't think they have to. Right, I was going to say there are things with the NFLPA where if you keep yeah. requesting someone and they don't talk for a while, you can like file something. I I remember specifically it happened with like Deshaun Jackson a while ago when yeah. he was with the Bucs. And then right. obviously there was complaints about Brady for a little bit of a while. We hadn't got to speak to him, but obviously as we found out, there was a lot of other things going on. But uh, yeah, I, I would imagine eventually we will get to talk to Devin White, but it won't be until the season. Yeah, I just remember, like, even after the whole Ravens game and all of that, um, the PR staff, because this was in the locker room, and Devin was by his locker, and we kind of asked the PR staff, like, can you bring him over and we can talk to him? And they really had to kind of conjole him and say, you know, listen, at the end of the day, it's like, we're going to keep requesting you until you talk. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you might as well face the music. And, you know, th there's been some players, I mean, the, the two names that just come to mind, uh, Demar Dotson and John Lynch, a good, bad, uh, whether they cost this team uh, a win um, or or they were the reason for it. Uh, those guys were just reliable guys that would just show up. They stand in front of their locker, win, lose or draw, answer any questions. And, uh, you know, there's, there's been others, but those are the two guys going back in my mental Rolodex, John Lynch and Demar Dotson just. Yeah. Um, and, always there in front of their locker, ready to talk. And last thing I'll just say about this is I, I'm sure there are some fans. I don't see it in the comments, <laughs> but I'm just saying in general, there are some fans that will be like, he doesn't have to speak to the media. Like, what what's the gain for him? Yeah. I would just say, well, again, when you're getting paid $20 million, whatever it is, that's part of the deal. Part of the yeah. contract you sign is that you speak to the media. Yeah, so. it's a duty. It's an obligation if you're one of the star players. The You have to talk to the media at some point in time. Now, Marshawn Lynch did it perfectly. You can, yes. you can you can show up and not say anything. You can do that. Uh, that still counts, just like a hold-in. So. Uh, but there were other things that happened today at minicamp. And the good news for the Buccaneers and for Todd Bowles, everybody was in attendance. And that yes. meant a couple of guys that we haven't seen before or haven't seen in uniform. Boy, that's a welcome sight right there. Yes, Look at that. He's is. got both knee braces on, snapping the ball. Tell everybody, tell the pewter people, Matt, about Ryan Jensen's day. It was great to see Ryan Jensen. He was at the last OTAs, but not 
in uniform like he is in that photo. He was, uh, you know, in street clothes wearing his wearing his jersey. But he was out there today. Yes, that's the picture yep. I was referring to. Thank you, Scott. Uh, he was out there today, and as you can tell, the Bucks are very much easing Ryan Jensen along, and there's no reason to rush him right now because that's it right. is just there. It is just minicamp. He took snaps with the quarterbacks, as you can see, Kyle Trask a little bit in the background there. He worked in individual drills, but that was it for Ryan Jensen. After that, when they went to 11-on-11s, and again, thank you, Todd Bowles and coaching yep. staff for getting right into 11-on-11s. Yep. Um, Jensen went over to the far right field and you know ran some sprints, did uh, you know did some workouts over on that side. But he just looks healthy. Yeah, he looks right. like he looks in great spirits. Yeah. He was moving around very solid. Um, didn't participate in, te- in team drills. Like we just said, Robert Hainsey was the starting center yeah. uh, for the Tampa Bay's offensive line. Not a shocker to anyone who right. started there all of last season. But yeah, good to see Ryan Jensen in uniform, just being around the guys. And again, we'll see how well he recovers from this knee injury. And this is not a knock on, on Robert Hainsey, but that's right. an, a huge, significant upgrade. Yeah. To the offensive line, even just from an attitude perspective, for sure. Pro Bowler to you know now third year player. Yeah. It was Hansy was a second year player last year, first year starter. So big time jump there. Also, Aaron Stinney for the Stinney fans out there was doing the same thing. Was participating in individual as he re- returns from his ACL tear and was held out of, of team drills. And if you remember, it, that happened in Tennessee where he got injured um, yeah. in, in that game. And uh, another uh, face that that uh, I think Buccaneer fans will be excited to see that is Shaq Barrett, kind of hiding under the hood, but working out his his Achilles. Um, certainly had a, a tragic offseason, um, mm-hmm. and uh, that doesn't really need yeah. uh, much to be said there because it was uh, so devastatingly uh, sad and, and tragic uh, yeah. the loss of his daughter, but um, he is working his way back and was jumping around kind of testing that Achilles. And, and again, the, the goal is to have him back at some point in training camp and then to be ready by the start of the season, very much like Chris Godwin in terms of the timetable, you know, that I think this team would love to see him participate in training camp at some degree, at some point, And then, Go out there in Week One up in Minnesota, and uh, and and let's let's let it loose, and and we'll see. Now, uh, another guy that was there that we haven't seen really at all is Russell Russell Gage, Gage. number three, not number seventeen in your programs. Number three, also Shaq, number seven. We should point that out. Correct. Now number seven because there is a a new number fifty-eight, and uh, it threw some people off as well. So Shaq seven, Russell Gage. Now wearing number three. Um, he did not participate today. He was in a jersey, as you can see in this photo. Yeah. Spent a lot of time with Chris Godwin. Like, he just went over, was chatting with Chris. Chris was, like, standing but catching balls at the same time, yeah. getting ready for practice. And, you know, Shaq Barrett may be on schedule for training camp. We don't know as much with Russell Gage. But I'm not going to lie, Scott. I am not feeling very confident about Russell Gage. I'm not either. Uh, I just, you know, it's the second year in a row with the fluky, just out of nowhere type of injury. I know the recovery process wasn't fantastic last yeah. year. And obviously it, it, it uh, no pun intended, hurt him for the whole season, even when he right. was available. 
to play in games. And it kind of feels like with this new offense with Dave Canales, and we'll talk about Baker and Kyle Trask, but there's a lot of motion. The train's yeah. leaving with this offense because yeah. – And he, way, he said – He's yeah. had no reps in OTAs because exactly. he got hurt and right before OTA way, started. I just think the way that this offense is run, yes, you want the best talent available. And I think across the board, if everyone's healthy, Russell Gage is your wide receiver three because he is talented and he's got a ton right. of speed. But with this offense where it's not required to just take deep shots down the field and it's going to ask guys to have four to five yard mesh routes, button hooks, whatever – yeah. You can get away a little bit more with relying on a rookie like Trey Palmer in the yeah. photo here, or even a mm-hmm. veteran like David Moore that was making some nice David Moore showed today. up today, yeah. You can benefit way Not former more. tight end Dave Moore. Yeah. With um, the gravelly voice like this, Gene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can get away a lot more in this offense with a fourth or fifth string wide receiver that has to play uh, a higher role than yeah. – any of the Bucks' offense last year when, you know, came down to, like, Scotty Miller and Devin Tompkins with, with yeah. Russell Gage out. Like, the Bucks would be way more able to survive what they went through last season when Mike, Mike Evans got suspended after the Saints game and Chris yeah. Goblin was injured, so Russell Gage was your wide mm-hmm. receiver one. The Bucs could get through that way better this season than they would um, a year ago. So yeah. I'm, I'm really concerned about Russell Gage. I, I am too, and I think that we need to have some jersey swaps because Russell Gage went from 17 to 3. I think he needs to actually go to Chase McLaughlin and get jersey number 4, and then Trey Palmer yeah. <laughs> take jersey number 3 because I think Trey Palmer, honestly, has got a very good shot at in the, ending up being the number 3 receiver on this team if Gage can't stay healthy. Because he's missed a lot of time. This is a brand new offense. Um, some players are cerebral learners. Uh, they they can they can pick it up audibly. They can pick it up visually. Right? They can they can yeah. listen in a classroom and get it. They can they can watch film. They can watch it on the field and get it. Some guys are kinetic learners, which means they got to get out there and actually do it. They got to run the routes. They have to feel right the the route concepts and 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 kind of um you know do it on the field on the grass and i don't know what if gage is that type of player or not if he is he's really behind because mm-hmm. th- this offense it's it's simple in in some concepts but it's also new and trey palmer really that he has shined every day except for today i think there was a couple misfires where he was he was targeted, and that, that kind of tells yeah. you something, too. He was targeted by both Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask a couple of times in the red zone, and he's been a big success in the red zone so far, Matt. And uh, I, I just think that this this kid is definitely worth watching. I think they got a steal in the sixth round, and I, I would not be shocked if Trey Palmer makes a serious run for the number three wide receiver position behind uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and ahead of Russell Gage. He did struggle a little bit today in the red zone, but he made up for it with a touchdown on the last play of practice That's right. when, when Kyle Trask was yeah. uh, rolling out. We'll talk about that in just a moment. You just talked about uh, kinetic, a uh, kinetic type of learner. That makes me think of kinetic energy. That's and of right. course, when I'm thinking about energy, I'm thinking about the best energy drink on the market. That is uh, Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast and pewterreport.com. Make Celsius your number one pick, and you're going to have a lot of picks to choose from because they have so many different flavors. One of their newest ones is the Oasis Vibe. You also can't go wrong with the sparkling lemon lime or sparkling orange or strawberry lemonade, whatever you want to drink. So many awesome 
different flavors. Uh, no sugar or preservatives. You're not going to have that post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there. So if you want to find out where to get a Celsius energy drink, go to the store locator on the Celsius website, punch in your address, and it will give you the closest geographical location to find a Celsius energy drink, whether that's your local Walmart, Target, or your bodega. Bodega. And then after you go to your bodega and you love getting one Celsius energy drink and you're like, as much as I love my bodega, I just wish I could just get it in bulk. Well, we got an answer for you there too. Uh, go to Amazon, do the subscribe and save, and you can have uh, an abundance of Celsius energy drinks sent right to your door. Uh, I recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. You can have it sent to your residence every week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want. You set it up. It's all up to you. Just please make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. I have been drinking a Celsius uh, sparkling grapefruit on today's show, and I am enjoying it. Bodega. Bodega. Hey, wouldn't it be funny if Yaya Diaby went into a bodega and got a Celsius? And then he ran into Rashad White. Rashad White. (laughs) Hey, you want to talk a little bit about the quarterbacks? We haven't uh, chatted about them too much um, Um, on this show. Baker Mayfield, good. Kyle Trask, not good today. (laughs) I'm not not laughing at Kyle Trask. That's it. Yeah, yeah, there were – That's our analysis, folks. There were three interceptions today in uh, OT – or sorry, in minicamp, and they all came from Kyle Trask. The first was (laughs) – was Servase Dennis, who we talked about um, earlier. Yes. Christian Izian had one later. Uh, that was the last one pass, in yeah. practice where, um, yeah, it was tipped by the tight end Tanner uh, yeah. Taula, who's Tanner now Taula, number yeah. 84. He yeah. confuses us because formerly uh, camp rate. So uh, Izian was the beneficiary, be- beneficiary of that one. And then uh, Anthony Chesley had one as well. Another one that kind of went yeah. off the hands of the tight end. And then was Deron it Chesley Lowe. or was it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Chesley got one. And then Deron Lowe almost Deron had, Lowe one. had one right in his yeah, hands just and, and he dropped it. So really should have been yeah. four interceptions on the day. And yeah. I will not defend Kyle Trask, but we spoke to him after and he was he. He uh, likened it to this is a final exam. And I was thinking once he said that, I was like, well, then you failed, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> um, but he was like, the next three days are a final exam after everything that they did yeah. with OTAs. But what really I, I would say stuck with me was where he was talking about this is where you work on different things, see what works, see what uh, you're able to kind of get away with. So I, I will give Trask a little bit of that benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, Okay, you're, you're in a quarterback Kyle, competition, buddy. With Baker Mayfield. So you, you got to walk that line, dude. Like, I'm just talking to Kyle Trask here. He's not watching, but I'm talking to him. Kyle, I get it. Every quarterback uses practices to see what they can and can't do, to try to see what their arm is capable of with throws they can and can't make. I get that. You can do that once or twice. You can have one or two interceptions. Okay, that's still a bad day for a quarterback, but you can't have four. Okay. Three or more, bad, really yeah. bad. Especially when the other guy, your competition, isn't throwing picks at all. So, um, you know, we all know, we've talked about this, uh, Matt, 
that initial press conference with with Dave Canales, where he's talking about, uh, you know, gosh, it was like a thirty minute diatribe on his offense. It was the most, yeah, compelling, convincing press conference from any offensive coordinator I've ever heard. Uh, it was it was everything we wanted Byron Leftwich to be, and he wasn't even close. <laughs> okay, Byron would come in with with all, all the the traits. Um, yeah. You know, cliche stuff and and just some nonsense. You know, uh, you know, no logic. Oh, this fantasy football stuff yeah. and all this. Canales comes in and he's like, "Okay, this is what we're doing. This is exactly how we're doing it. It's what we're looking for." And so right away he talks about, uh, "Yeah, uh, we're looking for guys that don't turn the ball over." And we, you and I, looked at each other and we're like, "Okay, so whoever doesn't turn the ball over, that's the starting quarterback." And that's that's exactly what it is. And even Baker Mayfield talked about that today where it's like, you can't turn the ball over. Todd Bowles even said at the end of a practice, he was asked about it. His defense did a great job today, pressuring the quarterbacks, thought the defense kind of won the day. Offense made some plays. It wasn't like it was so lopsided, but for a defense that needs to pick off more passes and create more takeaways, this is what the doctor ordered today for sure. But um, the quarterback battle is going to be decided by who doesn't turn the ball over? Baker Mayfield has the moxie, the leadership qualities, the experience. He has he's everything with everyone. Like he's again, got Baker. everything going for him. The only way Kyle Trask wins this is to do what? Don't turn the ball over. You can't have three to four interception days and and gain ground on Baker Mayfield, Kyle. And Baker's already fitting in with everyone. He's going yeah. out to dinners with Tristan Wirfs, and maybe Kyle Trask is doing this too, and it's just not being publicized, but. Baker's going to the Rays games and right. freaking having beers with fans and stuff like that. You know, not that that's a prerequisite to be the starting quarterback. Yeah. You got to drink with strangers. Um, but like he's doing things with like with the team. He's having side conversations with Mike Evans. And yeah. Baker played really well today. He had an awesome touchdown pass to Chris Godwin in, yes. in the corner of the end zone. And he Chris did, dropped one, too. That was he that dropped he one. It, it would have been an incredible one handed yeah. catch. Um I think we were all more concerned that Baker was going to be the guy that would push the envelope and that would be great if it works, but is going to turn the ball over. And, you know, Kyle Trask was doing this last year in training camp too. You know, like, let's not forget, he had multiple three, four interception days, throw an interception in in the red zone as well. The the best play Kyle Trask made was the last play of practice. That's right. Good play. Really good play. It was situational as well, where it was like, 14 seconds left on the clock. Like you have to score to win that type of scenario. Yeah. And, you know, he got leaner for a reason. He rolled yeah. out to his right, fired off the pass. And I believe it was um, Josh Trey Hayes Pal- in coverage. Yeah. Josh Hayes yeah. in coverage. Trey Palmer, who was struggling a little bit to that point, um, yeah. made a nice diving catch for the touchdown that essentially ended practice. But it long way to go. Uh, the start yes. is not going to be decided because of this Correct. game. So while we're, pointing out the the lowlights of of Kyle Trask today that doesn't mean like tomorrow if he freaking throws five yep. touchdowns and doesn't throw one pick we'll be here and be like Trask dazzles you know or whatever the hell yeah and and, and that's that's fair right I mean yeah. all we're doing and I've had players come up to me after games and say you know you really dogged me out for this or that or the other thing I'm like listen all we're doing at Peter Report is we're taking a picture we're taking a picture of your performance today and if you don't like the picture, if you want a retake, that's fine. We'll do it again next Sunday, right? That's that's just all we're doing is, is you know, if if you play poorly, we're going to say it. If you play great, we're going to say it. It's, that's our job. So, yeah. Uh, um, Mike Reynolds, not well, maybe related to Scott. I don't know. Uh, says stress velocity still looks not good. 
um, I don't know if you're just judging this off of like videos and things yeah. like that you've seen, but yeah, you know what? There are certain quarterbacks that when they throw passes, they just look like interceptable balls. Yeah. And Kyle's on the way to being one of those quarterbacks. They're yeah. just some throws. It kind of looks like it's more up for grabs than, oh, right. hey, there's the open guy. He's going to get it. Where Baker very much has the the zip on the football that you yeah. kind of require from a quarterback. So that's something I'm going to be watching a little bit more. And yeah, another thing I'm going to watch with Trask too, and I've seen it a little bit, but it just, it's so apparent with Baker. I mentioned it before, just the, the separate conversations like in between water breaks and going from seven on uh, 11 on 11s to seven on sevens or next drill to the following drill. Yeah. Baker's constantly just chopping it up with yeah. Mike Evans, Robert Hainsey. It doesn't matter who. He's just always talking with someone. And I'm sure it's half and half. Some of it's like talking about a specific route or a specific play. I'm sure some of right. it's just like, hey, man, F you, in a, like in a funny, joking yeah. way, just camaraderie with the guys. And I'm going to look for that with Kyle Trask over the next couple of days. Do I yeah. see a lot more of those side conversations that I see with Baker all the time? Because Baker even said it today. That just comes natural to him. And right. it always goes back to something I think about with just leaders in general. Are some people just natural born leaders or is leadership something that you can kind of build um, after a little bit of, of a while? I, I think the answer is both, but yeah. uh, I don't know. You know, you know who there's, there's two players that really that Kyle Trask is really close with on this team. And one of them is this guy right here, Devin Tompkins. Yeah. <laughs> They're always fist bumping each other. They've got a rapport. <laughs> You know, and and the other one is Rashad White, and uh, th those those are kind of like two of, of Kyle's guys. Now that doesn't mean that they're not Baker's guys, but it just I, I I'm with you, Matt. I think Baker is spreading his wings and is very like you know getting to know the offensive line, getting to the receivers, the running backs, the tight ends. I think he's just really making he's diving in, right? He's he's on he's on the high dive and he's just diving yeah. right in, getting to know this team and uh let, let's talk a little bit uh about uh the the chemistry and, and the communication we have some clips here baker doing just that yeah it's actually um it's baker and kyle trask as well just talking about the communication with this team and then uh baker goes a little bit into uh he won a boat party at the mike evans family foundation yeah. gala over the weekend and he talked a little bit about who he's going to he was the highest bidder yeah highest bidder that, yeah that's what <laughs> I, well he won yeah. but he won because yes. he paid the most money right for right it. anyway uh here's a little bit of baker and kyle trask building chemistry with each player whether it's an offensive lineman or a receiver to me that's the that's the best part about football um it's the greatest team sport on earth i mean it truly takes 11 guys doing their job and trusting everybody else to do their job to have success. And so you, you got to get to know everybody, the little intricacies, the, the things that wire them to make them go and make them tick. And so that's my favorite part about it. But uh, to me, that stuff comes natural. Um, you know, you, you got to get to know your teammates. And then once you're out there, you, then you get to have fun. And so uh, I'm, I'm truly enjoying that, that process right now. It's not like I'm forcing the issue. Just being around good guys is always fun. Uh, and so obviously the gala, they did a great job. Uh, yeah, it's really impressive how they, they operated that. And Love the Sasquatch top. Yeah, um, I wound up bidding on a, a boat party, so there, there's the old wine present. We'll take a little trip with the guys out somewhere. I have no idea, but uh, yeah, there's a boat party coming up. Yeah, we'll see. We'll oh. see if it fits all the alignment, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see what kind of boats they're, they're giving out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as part of football, you're you always want to have a very transparent offense and 
always have a very very open communication with everybody, your, your center, uh, the whole O-line, your receivers, your running back. You know, you want to have a very clear communication. Um, and I think that's, you know, part of Canales' philosophy. And I think that's something we've been doing a great job at. Trask also went on to say that he plans on uh, throwing with some of the guys during the offseason when minicamp is done. So uh, someone fire up the chopper so we can get an aerial view of Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. So uh, we'll have to stay. Here's a uh, fun fact for people my generation. Uh, Certainly uh, the movie Predator came out 36 years ago yesterday. So no kidding. Very, very cool. I got another fun fact for you. Um, I like gambling. That's not really a fun fact. Some people know that. And when I do. I've I've got another fun fact. The Denver Nuggets beat the Miami Heat last night. Go Nuggets. Yes, they did. And I had a prop bet of the Nuggets to win the series in five. So I was very happy with that. I did five and six, but either way, it was going to be a winner. Um, Anyway, if you're going to bet, and specifically if you want to bet on the Bucks, make sure you're doing it over at mybookie.ag. We've all been there before. A weekend trip to the casino canceled because real life came calling. Well, my bookie's new and approved online casino is here to change the game. Dive into a truly realistic casino experience featuring the latest in slots, progressive jackpots, and live dealer action. All from the comfort of your own home. Take advantage of weekly blackjack tournaments and brand new collection of high-end games for a chance at real cash rewards. The MyBookie Casino provides a Las Vegas experience when the action's in your hands. And the best part is, you don't even need to wear pants. I would still recommend doing so, but you do you. Your adventure at the MyBookie Casino begins today with a generous sign-up bonus using the promo code PEWTER, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, to secure yourself a sweet deposit bonus. And that's not all, because their revamped loyalty program ensures that you'll be showered with rewards including free spins, cashback offers, and a host of exclusive VIP perks. The more you play, the more you win. So play anytime, anywhere with the MyBookie Casino. That's MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code Pewter. You would also get up to $1,000 with your first deposit bonus. And even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So one last time, go over to MyBookie.ag. And use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. You also got the Stanley Cup Finals going on tonight. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have a, cl- a chance yep. to clinch it and win it all. So you can bet on that. You got baseball going on. Uh, the U.S. Open and golf is uh, taking place this week. So that's always fun. And I also learned this the other day. I didn't realize it. Uh, the Women's World Cup is this summer. So there's going to be even more to bet yep. on than typically just your baseball and obviously America always dominates in that. So uh, we'll definitely be participating in that too. If it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> Great movie. I just, I, sorry. Predator is one of my favorite movies. So I asked my, my wife cause father's day is coming up and she's like, what do you want to do for father's day? And she will not sit down and watch predator with me. It's like literally uh... one of the best action movies of all time. She's like, what do you want to do? I'm like anything. She's like, yeah, anything. Sit down and watch predator with me. She's like, no, sorry, I'm not going to do that. Her birthday is June 23rd, which is like a week later. Yeah. So she's using the, I'm going to not do that because my birthday is coming up. And my birthday wish is not to watch Predator with you. So it's like a Father's Day, birthday, kind of back and forth. Conundrum. But, you know. <laughs> 
It is, yeah. You know, uh, as Billy would say, you know, I ain't afraid of no man, but this ain't no man. We're all gonna die. We might, uh, for like the summer when we have a little more time to kill, we might have to do like a five minute segment on each or like once a week on the show, like movie yeah. review, <laughs> so, yes. something like that. Scott Reynolds movie review, or yeah. any of us really. So definitely something to uh, consider. Uh, let's let's wrap up the conversation here with uh, with one interesting thing that I kind of got wind of. We actually talked about it in practice today, and then Todd Bowles uh, and I think Baker Mayfield, even Kyle Trask, kind of talked about it afterwards. You know, the one thing Todd Bowles is doing, and I really applaud this because he is going to sink or swim Th- this whole season. Truthfully, his defense is going to be good, Matt. It's it's either going to be good or great, right? Uh, his side of the ball's got. A lot of experience, a lot of talent, a lot of draft picks invested in that side of the ball, a lot of pro bowlers. But his selection of Dave Canales, the unproven play caller who's got everybody abuzz right now, and we like what we're seeing. It's one thing to install an offense, Matt. It's another thing to call plays. There is an art form to calling plays, right? You can install an offense. You can have a system. There's play sequencing. There's making adjustments. When things don't go to, according to script, what do you do? How do you make those yeah. adjustments, right? Th- that's th- this, is, this is the nutshell right here. It's going to come down to Dave Canales in this offense. It has to perform better than 18 points per game. I think it will. But what Todd Bowles is doing is we've talked about this. They're getting right into 11-on-11. They spend over half of practice in 11-on-11, which I've never seen before in OTAs. And – what they're doing is they're calling uh, the 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 practices uh, as they go. In other words, it's it's a it's a call it practice. Todd Bowles is going to call what he wants to call. Dave Canales is going to call what he wants to call. There's no scripting of plays. There's no practice etiquette, which is Todd Bowles might say, "We want to see slants. We want to practice defending the slants. So uh, show us some slants during this period of practice. We'll work on that." The coaches will know what's coming. The players won't, right? So we'll have to kind of, you know, yeah. that that's practice etiquette. They're throwing that out, out the window. They're prepping Dave Canales for uh, everything. You know, <laughs> for everything. It, just, okay, like, call whatever you want, you know? Now, they do periods, right? They do red zone period. They do, yeah, third yeah, yeah. They do you know, uh, like that situational football you're talking about. They're, they need a touchdown. There's 14 seconds left. They're on the 19-yard line, right? No timeouts. So there are situations, but he's putting Dave Canales in those situations in June, and he'll do it in July and August too, which is great, to really prepare him for what's coming on game days. And I think this is a brilliant move by Todd Bowles to do everything he can to really prep Canales for the quick, rapid-fire, quick-on-your-feet, play calls, adjustments, everything, right? I absolutely love it because they're taking the training wheels off. That's they're right. not they're not sticking to the status quo that other teams may go about. And you know what? Because it's June right now, you have plenty of time in training camp and even in the season after it gets started to work on defending the slant or defending the run to, you know, sweeps to the outside or whatever it is. Just yeah, completely take it all off and just let Dave Canales do his thing on offense. See what works for him, what doesn't, let him get in a rhythm and, and everything like that. I think this is an awesome move by Todd Bowles, especially with 
you know, the amount of greatness that Todd Bowles has brought to Tampa Bay's defense over the years, I mean, it's going to be a cakewalk when he yeah. goes up against other teams' defense when with what he's going, uh, what he's going up against now. And, you know, Scott, you had asked Baker and Kyle Trask about Dave Canales not having uh, called plays before. And yeah. this was their response to that. And Baker talks a little bit about just facing – Todd Bowles and his defense really do the job come the preseason. And the yeah, season. I mean, I have all the confidence in the world, um, but like we talked about earlier, I think we're both getting thrown in the fire against the Todd Bowles defense for the first time running the system um, and the first time he's calling it. So I think this is great work. We're doing a lot of call-up periods where it's unscripted and he's having to talk about formations, personnel, different things like that. And it's great for everybody to, to get a feel for how he wants to call it. And there's also uh, the learning curve and that, that's what this time of year is about. And so, I, you know, I have most confidence in him? Uh, I think Coach Bowles is doing a lot of things in practice to put us in a lot of game-like situations. Um, so we're getting a ton of reps at, you know, what the, the process is going to be like, calling from the sideline, uh, hearing it from the headset, you know, just getting that, that muscle memory for us out there on the field. You know, not everything's just going to be scripted. Um, you know, for offense and defense, you go out there and you put the ball down and run plays. You know, that's that's not really how you, you get better in the end. That's good if you want to get stuff on tape, but we're doing a lot of things that really translate to, you know, real football, getting the play from the sideline, calling in the huddle, and just going through the entire process. It doesn't matter whether it's day one install or what, he's going he's gonna to pressure you. So it's uh, it makes you think, it makes you have to prepare, that's for sure. It makes you have to know where your hots and all your answers are. Um, it's great for us because we see uh, a very exotic defense with a bunch of different looks, uh, and they're capable of bringing pressure bring from anywhere. Um, it, it really gets us ready to play everybody else. Speaking of defense, tomorrow, more minicamp coverage, and we'll be back tomorrow night at 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesday night. And we're, we'll take a look. Can JTS take the next step, or can some of these younger guys like Yaya Diaby really – Put some pressure on, and uh, I think this is the year where either JTS gets pushed to greatness or he gets pushed to the bench because there's a lot of exciting, interesting, young talent at the edge rusher position. You have Shaq Barrett coming back. Anthony Nelson's back uh, on a two-year deal. So that's tomorrow night, 7 p.m., Wednesday night. Gosh, this week's already flying by. Make sure that you're going to PeterReport.com, the mothership, for bu- for the best Bucks coverage. Easy for me to say. Easier for you to read our stories and our minicamp coverage. Make sure you follow Pewter Report on social media. That's at Pewter Report on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our social media is growing leaps and bounds thanks to you, as is our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV, up to 10,700 subscribers. We love you, Pewter people. Thank you so much. If you haven't subscribed, please do it right now. And make sure you like all of our videos. Matt Matera, James So, myself, putting up some videos on our Pewter Report YouTube channel, uh, Pewter Report TV. And the more you like our stuff, the more pewter people get to see it. That's how the algorithms work at YouTube. So help us out. We greatly appreciate all you pewter people watching today's show, which honestly, Matt, this is probably the best Peter Report podcast we've done ever. Yes, it was. Congratulations to all the pewter people for joining us on uh, the greatest episode ever. So for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching. We love you, pewter people. We'll see you tomorrow night at 7 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast out out rodrigo blankenship that's right baker hates him